Hello and welcome to another This Is The Music podcast. This week we are joined by Frankie, Leon and Liam from the Thieves who are based in County Durham. Thanks very much for coming on today, lads. How are you all doing? Yeah, we're all right. Good, man. Yeah, not bad, mate. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. Um, yeah, life's, life's pretty good. Um, yeah, um, all, all good down this end. Um, so... Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how the band started, how the three of you met, um, and where did you get the uh, the name of the band from? Go on, Frankie. <laughs> well, I know, so I was sort of, I was in a band at school, and I was just sort of doing like covers and stuff like that, and like gigging around the local area, and I met uh, Liam, like, was it four or five years before you actually joined the band? Oh, yeah. So, we've known of each other. Yeah, we've known <laughs> of each other for like quite a while, because mm-hmm. our dad's like they've been friends since they were kids like we went to school together and stuff like that so me and like I was like five like five odd years ago I was doing a gig somewhere like playing covers and um Liam was in the foyer doing like an acoustic thing and we just sort of got introduced to each other there and then after that we just sort of we bumped into each other without like very impromptu at gigs (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yeah and um like, so we used to go to, like, there's, like, a festival that we go to that's, like, quite local that we always bump into each other. We, went, we met as well at a Twisted Wheel gig yeah. in Newcastle. And then just from then, every single time I'd meet him at a gig, I kept on saying, are you still playing bass? Yeah. You should come join my band. <laughs> and every time it was like, no, 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 <laughs> for five years. And then one time I was like, right, Liam, seriously. And then he came to see us. And then he was just like, yeah. but And then I met Leon. Leon put an advert out on Facebook saying well we first sort of met at um that festival didn't that 499 festival <coughs> you played two nights off the bat didn't you one with oh. that, yeah there's a video somewhere of it actually there's so we added a fest like with that part like so the the name the band the thieves sort of existed before thing it was sort of like me yeah. being younger and yeah. being like in a covers band and then sort of getting older and we didn't change the name because too like it was built yeah. too much sort of hype mm-hmm. so <laughs> I met Leon because I was doing a gig there and Leon was playing with two bands, one on one day and then one on the other. I've been kicking them off for about 300 years, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We sort of met informally sort of there and then he put an advert out on Facebook saying, like, drummer uh, looking for band will play anything. And I just straight up shot him a message. And well, then went, drummer looking for band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And straight away, I just kind of went, look, do you want to come join my band? And I didn't really need, you know, some drummers, you like audition or stuff like that. I just didn't, we didn't need, uh, yeah. no sort of question about it. So, yeah, that was sort of that. We did our first gig, mm-hmm. as us three, at um, a place in Bishop. We did like a local gig, a place called The Pavilion. Yeah. Uh, 27th. 2019, is it? 2019, yeah. yeah. December. December 2019. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, no. But um, mm. so that was that. And the, the, the name, it come from. So we, there's loads and loads of stories about it, and you just kind of go off whichever one sounds coolest and you know, so, sounded cool. Yeah, it just <laughs> sounded cool. But um the, the the origin like the thing the reason is is because it's it's from Thickest Thieves by the jam. It was sort of that, and at the time that Great you song. know, yeah, yeah. When, when, at the time when I was like sort of at school, it was very much my thing. You know, I was kept to school with like a parker on, flooded with patches and stuff Probably like that. Mod, Proper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you pull out like a big target tattoo on your leg. No, no, yeah. So I, I, and it's somewhere in one of my old school planners, loads of old band names, and one of them was the thieves. And I just thought, like, 
why there's loads of bands called Crazy Market. I don't know. There's like five bands called Please. I don't even know them, but just kind of thought, you know, it looked, it sort of looks cool. So sort I of went with sort of the music that it, it said a lot about like, it said a lot without saying much sort of. It was very like, yeah, it sounds really cool. <laughs> it sounds really cool. And that yeah. was that, that. So yeah, it was just, it was just off the stage by the jam really. And like, you know, and then the jam being sort of a big influence on me growing up and then like, you can sort of hear it in the music, but not so much that you you know you sound like one of them other bands from Top of the Pops back in nineteen eighty. Yeah, no, definitely. I I get what you're saying. You you can hear the influence, um, but you've obviously got your own uh, yeah. sort of style there, which actually takes us on to the um, leads on quite nicely to the next question, um, which is how would you describe your music? So if I've, if I've never, ever heard you before, um, what would you say, you know, what sort of style are you, you know? Um, I would sort of say, if it's anything, it's it's honest. Like, there's no, we're not one of these bands that play with, like, backing tracks of explosions and helicopters noises going on in the background. It's very much like your ambient whale noises, none of that crack. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's just raw, honest, sort of aggressive music that, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of what we're saying reflects, like, our circumstances and our reality is yeah. like, you know, sort of like three working class lads. So it's very much like, it's a, it's just, that's what it is. Like we just, we're just singing about our circumstances and our reality. And it's very much like, it's just raw, honest and aggressive yeah. really. Quite punky. Yeah, it is. It's quite, the edge that, isn't it? yeah. 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 We're not, yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bands nowadays that are very, um, that's like loads of big label bands sort of think it's corny to be a, to be a you know like a band that has a bit of attitude and plays guitars and has a bit of like distortion and stuff, you always have to, you know, mm -hmm. you know, kind of contradicts himself because they sound cringy as anything. But it's yeah, we just um, we're just not sort of we're not trying to be like every because every other band nowadays you can listen to five bands on Spotify and they can all sound the same. And every like everybody every, every, everybody <laughs> thinks that like being like a guitar driven band is such a cliche, but it just isn't anymore. Yeah, you know, one thinks it has to be something else going on to make it so different, and really you just got to sift through the crap, and that's like, you know, and you're there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I mean, uh, you're saying there about um, about being honest in the lyrics um, and in the songs. I mean, personally speaking, um, I think that makes it easy for the audience to connect with with you as a as a band, um, yeah. and I say I I can definitely hear that, and I've totally appreciate that in your um in in the songs that i've well all of your songs that i've heard actually i should say but uh yeah so far so um when it comes to sort of like writing your songs what's the creative process do uh do you write do you already have the lyrics and the guitar part written and then the other two come along and uh, and say well um this is how i'm going to do my drum bit or how, how does it work <laughs> yeah, I mean, gonna, I'll, I'll sit at home and I'll have like a sort of song in my head, and I'll write. If I have lyrics first, I sometimes lyrics just sort of come out of this. Usually, I tend to write like it's. I'm really sort of like dyslexic in the way that I put songs together because I'll write the like the third or second line of the chorus before I write the start of it or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> like if I was, it's like I, you know, you'd you'd write something like. 
you know, living on a prayer before you write, whoa, we're halfway there or some crap like that. Like, yeah. But um, that's sort of how, how I think. <laughs> We've got this sort of inside joke about the whole like, American rock thing. <laughs> oh, I can't go in death explain it. It's too bad. Like, I feel like we just... He, he, he just comes in, he's like, I've got, I've got this song, what do you yeah. think? Like, sounds yeah. good. He posts the demos to the WhatsApp groups. Yeah. yeah I, 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 like I, a... I don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Have you learned that song? So I, I never listen yeah. to it. I don't even go on my WhatsApp anymore. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I like. <laughs> Send sort of, a yeah. postcard if you want. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> <Smoke> signal. <laughs> I'll like. I'll write it. I'll write what if it's during the day. I'll record what because I've got like a little setup at on. So I'll record it on like on like software and put together like a little two minute version of it. And then I'll just send it to the lads, and then I'll come in with the lyrics, yeah. and then the lyrics will usually happen in the practice room, but. Then Liam will be like, what's the chords to it? So I'll send him the chords and then we'll get in the room and like, I'll play something on the demo. And then, you know, then these two, these two will come along and it will sound like a hundred times better because I'm not a bass player and I'm not a drummer. So yeah. I'll just put it together for reference. Just and then put your spins on it, don't we? Yeah, then? exactly. We'll sort of put our own spin on it yeah. and then it just goes. And then sometimes there'll be a bit like, we've got a song that we're working on today and it was about two minutes long or something like that. Now it's ended up being like, we had a, sort of an extra couple of seconds here and there with like new sections that we decided to put yeah. in so it's not just as linear so yeah. really it's like I'll bring I'll bring like a bit like a sort yeah like a skeleton of it or like just a really really rough demo and then we'll just go right put the meat on the bones. And, yeah, we'll, <laughs> and then we'll, yeah we'll put the meat on the bones which is like wow. so, sounds like a great um a great process there so um obviously MTV was your uh last single release uh, which is which is doing fairly well on um, on spotify um and it's obviously a really up-tempo song and i feel it's got a bit of a punky vibe about it as well yeah. um what was the inspiration by behind the song um the inspiration behind the song it's about um i've got like a long answer and a short answer the kind of <laughs> abrupt, yeah the the, 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 the the short answer is it's just about how much i despise reality telly i absolutely hate it like like Big Brother, Love Island, oh dog. Love Island, horrible <laughs> <laughs> man. And like even stuff like keeping up with the Kardashians, like who cares? Like come on, man. And um, it's just about that, really. And it's about it sets a really negative example for a lot of people who can't really obtain that. Like to be that type of person on Love Island, keep on Kardashians, you have to be a very specific type of person. A millionaire. <laughs> you either, either have to be desperate or rich. Yeah. And that's really it. So, and like, we, I see in my town people pretending to be who they're, who they're not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Of the shop floors and Morrison's and be an absolute, you know, just work to their bones and that's the real them and then they'll go out the weekend they'll be the same colour as my jacket and like, you know, everything they're wearing is fake. So, <laughs> it's just, it's yeah it's just about like looking at someone who you can clearly see why they're like that and you're sort of cringing at it but yeah it's just and it sort of when i wrote it it was around the time that a lot of people who had been on love island and stuff like that were committing like i'd seen a lot of things on the telly about them committing suicide because they haven't been on the show yeah you know and they've sort of they felt like they just you know they lost who they were because they weren't on the telly yeah and they, Sort of like needing that much that amount of validation it's just really unhealthy and like you know you don't you know you and it's sort of for me 
as like it like like say like an 18 year old lad and I'm still witnessing it now there's a lot of um you know they sort of set this really negative example of you need you know you need a really torn body and white teeth and this and this and this yeah, and this yeah to you girl, know you know girls be as skinny as you can be and all this and it's, it's just yeah. really unhealthy and like they're saying like this is what you need to be liked loved and deemed you know acceptable in society yeah and it's just it's just not is it you know what i mean like yeah, you, definitely. You'll see you'll you'll see people who've had so much plastic surgery, and everybody thinks they look mint. But you look at them, and they look like Pete Burns, and you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Are yeah, totally, totally agree with you. I wrote from that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and to be honest, it's really upset. Like all sort of jokes aside, it is quite. It's really upsetting to see. You know what it's I mean? Toxic, isn't it? You can look at somebody and they can say they're okay, and because they're all dolled up like that, but you can look in their eyes and it's just, you know, yeah. like there's nobody home. They're just, you know, so it's just really about how sort of annoying it is to see that and how people thinking sort of, you know, and you know. Godspeed helping you know with them if they if they need you know if they want to go and get help like that thing but just to say it just it makes you you know makes me feel very angry and it makes me feel very sad that that still is a thing yeah you know what I mean like that people need this 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 and this all this validation to be comfortable within themselves so yeah it's just about that really and just sort of saying that like, you don't need this shit because really you 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 know you're burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, sure. Just a great, um, brilliant answer. Um, and I'm actually surprised that more, um, not just like upcoming bands like yourselves, but even more, you know, like the bigger name bands and stuff actually haven't uh, touched on these subjects a little bit more, actually. Um, and I think everything that you've said there, especially a bit about the uh, obsession with reality TV is, is spot on um, and something that I definitely agree with. I, I think it's, it's yeah, it's gone crazy now, really, yeah, out what the obsession with it and stuff. I think the thing with a lot of big bands is, is because you get to a certain point in your popularity that you stop becoming what your audience, like the same thing as your audience. Mm -hmm. It was quite a sort of thing I was watching. I think I was watching the, the, the sort of Oasis documentary where Noel, Noel Gallagher was saying, we were the same as our audience at one point, so they felt more relatable. Then you get all this money and suddenly you've got a fur jacket and a chimpanzee and you're just not the same as everybody else. <laughs> and it is sort of that, and I feel like if, you know, you know, it's sort of like if if it's the very strong met, like matter to them yeah you know but if it's not and you're just writing about it because you know because you think you know the kids are you think the kids are all about this i'm going to be like you know i'm going to be down with the kids and you kind of pull them a bit of a bob geld off and it's not really you know you just look a bit embarrassing it's like how can you be like that you've got like a mill to your name be quiet you know what i mean yeah sure definitely um so obviously with the recording of that song, obviously with COVID and everything, did that affect um, anything at all for you recording this one? Or yeah, we mentioned to before a lot um, of COVID. We've done yeah, that and bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, we did that and bulletproof in the same day. Wait, it was over a couple. It was a couple of weeks before the lockdown happened. So our producer, when he came to the practice space with like a portable rig to do to do drums, yeah, and we did the drums for both songs in one day, right. And then a couple of days after, um, uh, we came. I think you, I came to like with you to yeah. to his house. Yeah, we did the bass there. We had the guitars there as well. Yeah, I the guitars on a separate day. I think the guitars was on a separate day. 
Yeah, ages ago. Yeah, it was ages, ages ago. ago. We did the, the basses on one day and then the guitars on another day. And then we had the whole backing of the song done. And then lockdown obviously happened. We were like, oh shit. So <laughs> we had um I like I said the setup I had at home. So at the time that I like just a lot of record, I wanted to sort of set up a studio in my bedroom. I sort of I've done everything I'd I've kind of accumulated has been over like Christmases and birthdays and stuff like that. I've gone, Frankie, do you want these a new pair of jeans for the birthday? I'm like, no, I'll still wear the ones that I've had since I was 15, but these two studio monitors and a bit like that. So by halfway through lockdown, I sort of had this a, a good enough setup to go, right, okay, I need to record these songs now. So I've got pants and socks for Christmas. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that age now where it's after shaping pants and socks and I'm like, now nah, <laughs> Oh, it'll come back and catch up with you, trust me. <laughs> but yeah, the vocals for the songs were done in lockdown, so they were done in my bedroom. Right. So I'd done, yeah, that was that was quite odd. To be honest, literally, they were all done, like, I'd, I'd close my bedroom door and, like, push loads of stuff against it to try and soundproof it almost and put loads of pillows and me. No, that was it. I put me bed sheet over the door close the door and try and soundproof my room so <laughs> and i did the vocals for i did the vocals for that and the backing vocals for that and then it was just a case of sort of sending it back and forth and stuff and then me sending my stuff to wayne wayne mixing it sending it back to us there was a lot of mixing over facetime which was quite odd because obviously the speakers and stuff like that mm. and then me sending it to the lads yeah. that's the only thing and then us talking together in like a couple of zoom calls and then when we put it out we were like yeah you know this was for what we've done over lockdown, we were like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is all right, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, so um, growing up, who or what are your uh, musical influences and idols? Obviously, we've mentioned the jam, uh, and I can see, obviously, there's a uh, the specials uh, T-shirt as well there. Um, aside from those two, is there, is there anyone else that had a big influence on you three? Uh, the Who. The Who, the who yeah. Uh, on the mine. Um, the clash for anyway. Yeah. He gets the Keith Moon comparison all the time when we play live. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not not in and he's not like a liability or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> all over the I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I've I've seen the photo. I've grown up now that way. Yeah. Some sort of fashion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um no, just the general thing. I think for me, a big one sort of be Rolling Stones are a big one for me. And <clears throat> think I don't know Rolling Stone like because I've grown up with sort of two things of music taste me, me mum's from down south but also my dad's from north so I've sort of grown with the growing up with the sort of north sort of south divide thing in the house so <laughs> my dad, when I've grown up my dad always listened to like Madness and like Paul Weller and Small Faces another big one for me especially Steve Murray it's great yeah and like all that sort of thing and then my mum's side is like uh sort of soul Nile Rodgers stuff like that and like a lot of like the 90s sort of house stuff like snap you know and um it, i've just sort of grown up like say between the two and not being like because you get a lot of people who are very set in the ways about the music they're like I, I like this which means i can't like that you know like that whole like mods and rockers thing in it it's like wait come on like mm. like what you like yeah exactly you like what you like there's no room to be elitist or else you're just never going to get anywhere you know right right you know yeah and um so I think for me, a big one was definitely like the Rolling Stones, Brian Jones from Rolling Stones and like, he's just great. And I think Mick Jagger's a very underrated singer. I'm just going to controversial statement, but um, T-Rex as well is a very big one for me. But then in terms of like 
bands that sort of really slapped us in the face and I'm like, holy Christ. It'd probably be first time I listened, like first time I properly listened to the jam. Because you can have that stage where you listen to Town Hall Madison going underground and like that's entertainment, that's the big three. And then you sort of listen to stuff like And you listen to Set and Sons albums, yeah. like, and you listen to, like in the city. Brilliant, like, you know? Yeah. Mm. Stuff like in the city was very like I know I have very like phases where I'll find a new band and it'll be the same sort of feeling I get when I listen to the first one. So I think, yeah, sort of the Stones, T-Rex, Stone Roses are a big one for me as well. And just John Squire's entire technicality. But yeah, I think we've all sort of grown up with the same. We've all grown up with the same but different things. So like I'll listen to him and I'll listen to Clash and like Leon's and Stone Roses. I'll, and, like, I'll listen Stone. to things like that. Yeah. And Alabama 3 and the there and things like that. And yeah. Just a whole whole variety of things like I bit of everything. Just, yeah. just a bit of everything. What's your favourite song was it last night DJ saved my life? So. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps on messaging me drunk going, Frankie, we need to do a cover and last night the DJ saved my life. And when we're on the way to gigs, we get a bit of Madonna going in the bottom. Oh, we love yes. Madonna. <laughs> we can feel Saturday night. Yeah, man. <laughs> Honestly, like on the way to a gig, it's just like a party bus in it. <laughs> Get into the room, just steaming down the other <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's yeah, that's really about it. Just another big one for me, and I, I, I see a few bands like when I listen to other interviews, bands a lot of bands pick up on it. But Green Day were quite a big one. For they me. were my, one of my biggest growers. Green Day, like you know, from what had been of punk beforehand and what it was sort of turning into, Green Day was sort of like the, they were spearheading that, and especially if, like you say for a three piece, and then. The whole you get the whole thing of reinvention, don't you? Like David Bowie did it umpteen amount of times, but then Green Day from going from Dookie to then like Nimrod and stuff like that to then going to like some like American idiot and just going like that. I think them for me, because they were sort of my I know I had a weird sort of in terms of you know people sort of grow up with them. They grow up at times that bands are coming out, don't they? Yeah. So, like, for my dad, he was growing up and, like, the sort of Stone Roses were coming about and stuff like that, and you were more like the Arctic Monkeys' first album. So, I had two older brothers who I grew up with, the Jam and, and the Who and all that, and the Stone Roses and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then when I hit my stride, it was the Killers, it was the Arctic Monkeys, it was the Fratellis and all that sort of stuff. So, sort of not, yeah. and I've listened to Pink Floyd as well, and yeah. no, he's just class, like, yeah. You're more like The View and stuff like that, I'm aren't you? Like. The view, like, for, for me, my sort of time growing up was when the Arctic Monkeys released AM. See, this is how young I am. I was about 11, 12 when they released AM. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, I was halfway through school, so for me, like, I was like, just starting school, and it was AM, and it was the Cat, Catfish and the Bottom End's first album, and stuff like that. And then I'd sort of, I got into that, and then I got into Oasis and stuff. And then after that, I made a beeline for the small faces and then just went up through that and then just sort yeah. of keep doing sort of loops every once in a while. So we just start reading music wise. Nothing wrong with, with that at all, in, in my opinion. Um, so obviously the people and, and the bands there that you've, you've just discussed, um, did they have any influence on you, like personally, through like your personalities or like your sense of style or anything like that at all? Big did on me, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, I'd just go out and get as, as fucked up as I could, to be honest with you. I, I thought, at one, I thought at one point it, 
you just have to be wrecked to go on stage. So I think they're throwing a telly out the window and things like that. Now he's scared of a fight, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm a Yorker. I'm a Brilliant. Anyway, I've got endless amount of books about him, about the hill and things like that. And I think I wish I was a bit more like him, to be honest. But um, I mean, not really because he's like dead, so. I'd love to be like Kim and Y because he's dead. I don't know. I think for me, I mean, when I sort of like saying hit in Leon's words, hit the stride. Um, for me, it was very like it was like Liam Gallagher was like the the first thing, like just the sheer amount of confidence and like balls it takes just to to stand on stage. You you know you're not doing the whole. Mick Jagger thing when you're jumping around like a cockerel all the time and you just you just stand in there and you, you, you stand there and you take care of business and that for me that was very like but then as I got a bit older it was more like you don't the way my dad always used to tell me is you don't always need to be John sometimes the coolest one is George and George is the coolest people in my opinion but so it was all it was sort of that going through that stage and people like you know Liam Gallagher was a big one for me um like I said before Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones because not many people actually know how much he contributed to the sound of the band yeah it's like stuff like ruby tuesday and like thousand light years away from home and under my thumb classic example like stuff like that like he he knew what he was on about he wasn't messing around you know what i mean like the stones was very much like his you know it was his sound his band so i think people like that and um and paul weller you know the guy's just he's done everything he's been great at it all you know and i think as well he started when the jam sort of took off, it was about my age. So, and I think for when I was younger, I was a bit sort of, I was really, I was really into a band called The Stripes. Yeah. Who um, are great, you know, and they all used to, they were all, when they all made it big, the singer was only about 13. Was he? Yeah, he was only about 13 when they signed to like a major, major record label and they all got took out school and everything. So for me growing up, I thought, Jesus Christ, that's going to be, you know, I need to do that. I need to, I need to get famous before I can do my GCSEs, so I don't have to do them. <laughs> but obviously, that was not the case. <laughs> um, unfortunately, not, no. <laughs> really, that so, like, they were quite a big influence on me, you know, because they were a young band that proved you don't need to be a certain age to do it. You can be any age and do it. And it's like they proved yeah. that you, you can be taken seriously as well. So I think, yeah, and like, like I said, Paul Weller was just like, I remember the first time I properly got into the jam and stuff like that. And it got to the point where I'm sitting downstairs, this, like watching hour long jam concerts and stuff like that. And you just don't get bored. Like I've sat down and watched the, the high park one that he did where there's a full, like he just goes on for like half an hour doing a full on jazz sort of interlude thing. And Alan White is his big, that's Steve White's brother, isn't it? Yeah. Steve White was the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He does this big drum solo and they come back in and it's just like as in, his musicianship just off the charts like it's absolutely class. Mm. So yeah, I think Weller, Jones, and Gallagher are the ones for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, looked, he looked at himself in the mirror. Yeah, where would I want to wear? Like, <laughs> if it looks good, you're chucking it on. Yeah, where <laughs> So um. Obviously, we're now near enough back to normality. Um, have you guys got any gigs lined up at all for 2021? And if anyone, if you have, and if anyone's um, 
coming down to see you, what can they expect from, from one of your sets? Um, a lot of sweat. A lot of sweat, <laughs> yeah. Energy. A lot energy. of energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if you, if, you, if you come down to a, a thieves gig, just don't, just don't wear shoes that you value. Because they'll get trod on. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't really know what to say. Like, I don't really want to say anything to thing because then people know what I expect. I like to like come to gigs and sort of catch people off guard a little bit. You know what I mean? Because like, say, providing that slap yeah. in the face that we got when we first listened to bands and stuff. Yeah. So I think sure. if anybody, if you're coming down to a, if you're coming down to a thieves gig and nothing's better. Um, I think just you know, I just go. Bring your dancing because, shoes, man. yeah. Bring your dancing <laughs> shoes and just just go for it because you know we don't play any acoustic songs, so that's all I'm gonna outline there. We're not we don't play acoustic songs, we don't play ballads. No, we've got a few few gigs lined up for the. We've got quite a few, yeah. Night. We're quite busy, yeah. We've at first gigs July, June, 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 June We've got a couple yeah, of headliners booked in, and we've got a good. And all the ones that are confirmed are fifteenth of October. We're supporting Shader. At Q Bar in Stockton. Yes. And we're playing the 9th of September, the 11th or the 9th of September? It's the 11th, isn't it? No, I think it's uh, you got the, Have you got the date on your in phone? in October as well, isn't it? I've got quite a few in October. Yeah, oh, here we are. Right. So, yeah, so we're on... As you can see, we know exactly what yeah. we're doing and when we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So on the end, on the... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I don't get told. You two are like, oh, we've got this gig somewhere. And I'm like, what? There's not even that many. Like, when you no. see these bands with massive footage, like, how would you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, considering there was nothing in there at yeah. all for 2021, you thought, fucking hell, this year is going to be the same as last year with nothing yeah. there. And then yeah. Sandra, Frankie's mum, who, who manages us, has just been getting like, can you do this day? Can you do that day? I've got this day. I've got that day. And yeah, yeah. honestly, the diary's filling up. And at the minute, what Sandra's saying is she's getting inquiries. And I think we're going after you might have to turn something down because we're getting that yeah. that busy and there's yeah. that much. There's got, like got, some sort yeah. of buzz going happening at the minute. Like yeah, we 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 got turned down for we got we got some we got quite a few gigs in Stockton. We got turned down for one because the promoters were like because we got us on it a few gigs. The same promoter they were like, come on, we need to give the other bands a chance because we we're playing like three the only, the three venues in Stockton. We're playing all three of them, some of them twice over. So it's like they were like, come on, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got. We're playing on the 28th of August. We're playing Clooney 2 um, in Newcastle. And then the 11th of September, we're playing the Green Room in Stockton. And then the 18th of September, we've just confirmed we're playing the Point in Sunderland, uh, supporting a social room with this feeling that needs to be... It'll be announced close at the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. People watching, get your notepad and pen out. <laughs> we will remember, right? Yeah, we will we remember. <laughs> what, yeah, one, we will... <laughs> <laughs> then we've got uh, 15th of yeah 15th of October Cuba Stockton uh, is that that's November isn't it no October it's October yeah, yeah. it's a 10th of October yeah. right? 11th of November right? I'm so bad with this um, so yeah the 28th of October <laughs> we're playing Think Tank uh, in Newcastle with this feeling and then we are playing uh, another headliner at the Any Volume Bar in Stockton Hitting on. the ground running. Yeah, we're just yeah. hitting the ground yeah. running. Yeah. Oh, we didn't want to. We didn't want to be one of these bands that didn't book gigs because they oh we don't know the, what the ground's going to be like in a couple of weeks or here and there and everywhere. Yeah. We sort of get them booked because it, it's like there's a clear road out of lockdown, and progress is being made. So 
it's a bit like, well, we're going to have to start now. You know it's what a I mean? shame to say things get cancelled in the schedule. I'd, yeah, rather exactly. have it, I'd rather have it booked in. Yeah, it's yeah. something to work towards. Yeah, we've got, we've got something to work towards, and we've got we've got really we've got exciting plans for the studio and all. We've got a, we've got some couple of, like singles here and there sort of coming out. We've got a lot of like we've got a lot of people coming on board that are really you know we've we've surrounded because you know in a lot of music sort of business you get you know you get a lot of that's what I'm looking for a lot of vampires some would say you know a lot of people and on <laughs> your head full of shit and yeah. you won't get anything. That's right, you know yeah. what I mean? We'll offer you this and this and I'll this. I'll get and your this. deal with Marshall, get your deal with Vic Firth. I right, go on, mate, and then you just fucking. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, yeah, and I think I think now we've got like a good we've got a good team backing us. We've got lots of good people. Yeah. You know who are you know they believe in what we do because being from the town that we're from, there's not that much. There's not a musical legacy. So we speak, have to travel know? like an hour to get to a yeah. scene. Really. It's like so we're either we're part way between so. Newcastle and Sunderland are the big towns for us and Stockton and they're all about the same time distance drive you know there's no yeah the only sort of musical artist to come from County Durham really is Gem Archer from Oasis yeah okay yeah <laughs> and um, and apart from that no not, bands not much else is it no bands spread out there's like villages and towns yeah and stuff. exactly yeah. there's nothing no big hope there's not much not much yeah. of like music scene right like yeah on our on our doorstep, really, is that? No, there's, not, there's like loads of bands so that like do covers, and they just don't want to do anything. You've got to go else. Out and you've got, to, you've got to travel to your cities and, and things like that. We haven't got that luxury of being in, in the heart of a city where you can play seven different venues. Yeah. You know, night of the week and and have a different crowd every single night mm-hmm. of the week. Yeah. Sort of thing. So you haven't to go out disperse and into all these different cities as well. So yeah, loads of bands after are always like, oh, well, we've worked double as hard as so and so. Because we've got this sound, it's so hard to like, you know, we're we're from Liverpool and it's so hard to break out of that thing because of the Beatles, or we're from Sheffield and it's so hard to break out of that stigma because of the Arctic Monkeys. It's like, yeah, well, we have to break all them stigmas and we don't have a town to come from. It's not the bloody complaining. Like a music, <laughs> we don't actually have any like venues. We don't have any venues either. No, like we have boozers and stuff. Like, yeah, no like boozers boozers and not, yeah, there's a lot of potential, but no one's really exploring it. Like the, no. the hometown show we did, that was in like it had just been converted into sort of a club, and they put club nights on and stuff like that. And that night was sheerly local hype. Like loads of people, and like there was like friends and family, and then like half the town came as well to the point where like the, the audience were as close to us as we are to each other now. It was wow. like. Proper yeah. sweaty, intimate dude. It, it? it was yeah, it was about three hundred odd people in that. First gig, that it was, was his first gig, and I was bringing it. Like, wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Whoa. And he had like people like spilling over the stage, and like, well, now now I know fully what to expect from one of your gigs. Then, if you check us out on you, if if you know if you go on our social media and stuff, you go out. There's a link tree thing. Yeah, there's a link link in our bio and you go at the bottom there's a YouTube channel you can check there's a couple of live footage gigs on there of like what to you know what to really expect so to speak and um that's just about it like I say mm-hmm. we just we just go absolutely hell for leather when it comes to live like you know you can't just go out and just give it just, yeah just try and smash it don't do we? I think yeah. Yeah. no matter whether you're playing to one person or a thousand people you go out and smash it yeah, every gig is important as the last anywhere sort like, of thing. We've got a lot. We've got yeah. a lot of proof because we're not, you know, we're not following anything. So we have to sort of pay, you know, not not be pretentious and say pay for the way. But we've yeah, got, we've got, way. yeah, we've got sort of, you know, we want to put ourselves and where we're from on the map. So then, you know, 
that's you know so we've got to try if fans are, if, fan, if fans nowadays are trying double as hard we're trying like quadruple as hard and I want to get so, out that warehouse yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we all want to get out of jobs I must say the um like the the enthusiasm that you've got there like just talking about the live gigs and stuff that you've got coming up I'm buzzing for you um, so I can only imagine what's going on, like how you three are all, are all feeling about it. I think that's great, great to hear that. And um, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed that, you know, the next gig you play, that could be the one that, you know, there's someone there that goes here. There's I'm a real contract for you because if, if you're, you know, I, I think it's, yeah, think, fingers crossed, definitely. Um, so if you could, if you could change one thing in the music industry, what would it be? Um, the take, way that bands get signed, that's it. The way, take a lot of the money out of it. I think money, yeah. money can ruin industries. It becomes too money driven. Yeah. And it's less about the music and less about the, the yeah. product. <laughs> I think as well, like a lot of bands nowadays, you have to be a celebrity in your own right before you become an actual celebrity. You know what I mean? And I think it's very. I mean, obviously, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, but like, I think it's it can sometimes be quite elitist. You know what I mean? Like, band, there's loads of bands that graft and graft and graft like bloody pulp or whatever got ignored for about nine or something years before they actually made it big. Oasis, you know, bands like that got ignored for about five or six years, building up this hype, and then they got signed. And some of it was by chance, or some of it was because, like I say, because they worked. Or you just get these bands uh, that get signed straight away. They get thrown in, you know, because somebody famous has spotted them because so-and-so knows so-and-so's dad. And, you know, then they get thrown into the deep end. And, you know, all of a sudden they're a megastar overnight. Or you get, like, some bands who, you know, like my classic example is Matt Healy from the 1975. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I grew up around here and it's so hot. Oh, God, honestly, I'm not, I'm not. Taking it, I'm taking no prisoners here. Like his mum was on, his mum was on loose women, his dad was on Benadorm, but he's had it so tough. He likes his tangents, mind, doesn't he? Yeah, he's off on more. Do you see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? Though? He's been off for three hours. <laughs> I've gone down and oh, yeah. on outside. When does that? But you know what I mean? Like a lot of bands, a lot of bands like graft for it, and they really try hard, and some of them get nowhere because they, they give up and they're exhausted. And then there's like other bands who can get it overnight because they just have to say pretty please and do, you know. That's so I think the way the band sort of gets signed, and I think, you know, record companies shouldn't like take the mick either because there's a lot of bands who can, they can get signed, and it's all well and good being signed to a record label, but if yeah, and they're gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna take you out your jobs, but the money that we're giving you is not the enough to live off like I know money's not the biggest thing it's getting your music out there but you know it's a give and take and if you, you you're getting a lot if you're getting more taken off you than you are you know getting given yeah sure Leon Leon uh, sorry <laughs> Leon Leon uh, any anything else on to add on that at all or I don't know I think Frankie's covered it there like I can't even think of anything to, to answer with, with to be honest there like I didn't know Mind saying that if there are any record labels watching and you know you like what you see and you hear, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, tell our souls, man. These people already have seen the colour of the air, man. It's just me. Brilliant, love it. So, have you got any. Um, <laughs> any... <laughs> 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 
So um, have you got any advice for any uh, aspiring musicians at all? I don't know if we're in any place to give advice. Like, but um, if you're playing music, you're doing it right. Just carry on. Just I th- yeah, I think if anything, just don't settle for anything less than exactly what you want. Because, you know, as you can have a band where they're like, yeah, I want to be the biggest band in the world, blah, 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 but the money's in the covers. And then they're playing covers for the rest of the life. Thing. No. No, fuck that. Like, you just got you just got to... If you can stay true to yourself and if you make any changes in your best interest and your band's best interest, then that's like, you know, that's all you can that's all you can really do. And don't let anybody just because somebody's got this and they've got this to offer doesn't mean that you have to change everything about you. Compromises may have to be like a thing, but you know, you don't you know, I'm not gonna dye my hair, Ginger, just because the record label tells us to. Just some uh quick fire questions uh that are just for fun. Yeah. Um, if you were an instrument, what would you be? Mm. Tambourine. <laughs> mm. If I was an instrument, what would I be? What would you be, Leon? I don't know. Snare drum. No, uh, I'd big bass drum. I don't know. Big, big bass drum. Big bass drum. Big drum. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think. I'd like to be a theremin, just for the crack. It makes weird noises. I, yeah, I, I do. do what I do. When, I do when I'm tired. Sort of, you know. <laughs> theremin. Right. An unpredictable instrument. <laughs> so, if um, if you were stuck on a desert island, what would be the one album that you would bring with you to to continuously play? Who live at Leeds, nineteen seventy? Oh, great, great choice. Yeah, I think that's my favourite album of all time, that one. Um, Never got sick of listening to that one. Um, Either the most flammable one to make a beacon to signal a cruise ship on the way back so I can get off the island, or if I'm in case of certain death, an edible album so I can survive for a couple of days. I'm one just thinking logistically. Right? Just one album, right? Just one, yeah. Just definitely just one. <laughs> Uh, Duran Duran, self-titled. Nice, like nice. It's not a crime. <laughs> uh, I've been London calling for me, Clash. There's a lot of variety on that one. Maybe not my favourite, but there's a lot of variety. Yeah, there is, isn't Keep there? Keep it going, wouldn't it? You wouldn't get bored of it, would you? A lot of styles. Okay, um, so can you describe each other in three words? Should we start with you first, me and you do? You. <sighs> This could end up being the end of the band, so I do apologise. Yeah. <laughs> three, three words. Yeah, three words. Yeah. A big man child. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It's like he's the oldest in the band, but then we end up having to take care of him. So, so it's kind of tight. Yeah, after crew. one pint, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I'll probably say it's, the, it's definitely the humour of the band. You know, if anything ever, if anything funny happens, it's because Leon's done something, and you're a bit like, oh god, <laughs> he'll, he'll come up and whisper something in your ear, and you cry laughing as soon as he walks away. <laughs> um, I start to say like funny, um, don't know, sexy, sexy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Can't be bad>. <laughs> <laughs> um, unpredictable, I would say. 
because sometimes you'll just come out with some random stuff and I'm like, what? Like, oh, Leon, are you doing? Yeah, no, so I'm just eating, a, you know, kind of jalapenos at work today. And it was all right. What? Um, <laughs> from the jar. <laughs> How about you? How would you describe it? I would describe, I know I'll describe you. <laughs> You've got enough words to describe <laughs> me. <laughs> well, how would you two describe me? Then? Christ. Uh, noisy. <laughs> uh, sex god. <laughs> That's two words. Right, no, it's one word. Is it hyphen? Is it hyphen? <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> noisy. <laughs> Noisy sax, I don't know. Noisy sax, good tangent. Oh. What about Liam? You probably put up with me more, haven't you? In the pictures <laughs> up and whatever, and mop us up, mop us up off floors and stuff. Uh, I'd say a ragged for Liam. Yeah, ragged, ragged. Um, daft, daft as a brush. Yeah, he, uh, uh, is ragged and daft under the same umbrella. <laughs> I think we're going more northern, Raj. Um, calm. You like the there's like you have certain stereotypes in a band, and you have the you have the calm one, and like the the quiet, the cool, quiet one is always collective and a bit mysterious. And like, <laughs> I would pride myself on it being me, but it's not. And, and like mysterious, mysterious, yeah. <laughs> Peter Andrews, mysterious. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Raj, but somehow mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> I don't know. Raj, mysterious and <sighs> sensible. I'll put you as sensible. I don't sensible. think he's off it like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, no. If, if I'm thinking about... If I'm not being called sensible. If we're putting it in the context of it's after a gig, all else about a break loose, it's Raj. You've got to keep him on a leash. Right, and you got to keep the belt around his waist. coming out with So, um, Rajd maiming. <laughs> hilarious. There's never a dull moment. I think we're all sort of as loud, as loud as each other, like as as, as sensible as each other, and it sort of shines in certain moments. So, you know. We have a laugh. We all, we all, we have there's, a laugh. All, there's all a certain time where one of us will have to call it in and go, are we? Come off it. <laughs> well, I can definitely say, uh, picking up there, that you have a, have a laugh. I can definitely say uh, that that is 100% true. I've definitely had a good laugh with you uh, this evening. Um, and unfortunately, that is the end of the podcast. Um, so massive thanks uh, to the Thieves for joining me. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it uh, as much as what I did and uh, finding out a little bit more about the band, how they started, uh, their musical influences, and of course, uh, the recording process uh, for their most recent single, um, MTV. Um, Don't forget to follow the band across their social media channels, uh, buy their records when they have their new singles coming out, uh, and more importantly, get down to the gigs, um, which are coming up in June, July, or across the summer. Um, And I wish the three of you every success for the future. Um, I think you've got a a brilliant sound going on um, and I think um, that you all mean it as well. Um, And that's definitely come across uh, in in this interview today. Um, Please, uh, just finally, please click subscribe on your podcast listening provider and tell your friends, uh, not just about This Is The Music, but more importantly, 
tell your friends about the thieves because that's what we're all here for this evening. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much. Not at all. My absolute pleasure. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you later, man.